All right, everybody, welcome to the September 12th edition of Cascadian Views. I've got Dan with me here this week. Chris has the week off. How are you doing? Hey, doing okay. Let me ask you this, Dan. Does your workplace have more than 100 employers? No, just a little under. All right. Well, then you are exempt from our new tyrannical vaccine mandate. Uh, Freedom! (laughs) uh, Biden has basically done what he could here he's using the power of osha uh to put a safety regulation in for any workplace with 100 or more employees that uh vaccines are going to be mandatory um this would affect i i think i saw about 50 million americans which is i'm not sure what that is as a percentage of the workforce but that's a pretty good number I mean, you know, working age, population, I think that's, God, that's probably, I would assume that's somewhere in the neighborhood of probably, I would guess maybe a third. That would be Uh, about 100 million people? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that. So, yeah. So that would mean roughly 50% of Americans would be um, would be covered by the vaccine mandate. That's that's a pretty good uh, pretty good sap at it. Uh, so it would be actually about one third. Uh, the U.S. civilian labor force is uh, 161 million people. So yeah, one third of American the American workforce would be covered by a vaccine mandate. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, I mean, this is just, you know, further nudging things along. You know, we're taking, you know, bit by bit by bit. I mean, I think this was also coinciding with um, tightening down on the mandate on the federal workforce that Biden had already did. I think he was also tightening down all the exemptions that had been in place on his previous mandate for federal employees. Now I think it was just every federal employee has got to do it now. Uh, They were no longer going to be allowing for the uh, weekly testing exemption or or workaround for government employees. Now everybody's got to do it unless they've got some kind of medical reason not to. So running out of places for the uh, holdouts to say they don't want to do it anymore. And it would be, I would be honestly shocked if the Supreme Court got involved in this at all. There's incredibly strong precedent. They have absolutely blessed vaccine mandates in the past, uh, notably in, uh, in Jacobson v. Massachusetts from 1907. You there? Dan? Sorry, I was muted there. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. That's a pretty old precedent, but they may... I don't know. I mean, it's... This court's so messed up. Uh, but... I, 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 would think, I would think you're right, given the state of this emergency and... I would hope that they would leave 
federal powers alone on this. For the most part, they've mostly been leaving executive power alone this year. Um, even when they have been screwing around with some of Biden's executive orders, they have not been digging in too deeply on at least federal power. They've mostly just been countermanding the specific orders and but still leaving, you know, federal power intact. So I guess we can see, you know, what they end up doing with it. You say it's an old precedent and you know it it kinda is. And it was actually nineteen oh five, not nineteen oh seven, my sort of inaccuracy yeah. earlier. Uh but I mean that's still a twentieth century case. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's it's not any sort of ancient history. I I, I mean, I regularly read books from the time period. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in that case, his town's public health board had uh, mandated smallpox vaccinations, and he, as a child in Scandinavia, had had a a pretty bad reaction to a vaccine, and so he just had a a natural disinclination towards vaccines in general, and. He was fined $5 for not being inoculated and uh, took it all the way to the Supreme Court, which ruled 7-2 against him that no one person's liberty can trump the population's liberty. Right. And this isn't even that. I mean, this is just, you know, OSHA saying that, you know, for large workplaces, they're going to have to, you know, be required to have a vaccine, you know, vaccination or, you know, these other workarounds. So it's not even, you know, imposing fines or things like that or, you know, compulsory vaccination. It's, you know, there are a number of alternatives that are in place. So this isn't even that onerous a vaccination regime. So I think at least on those grounds, I mean, this is definitely on the merits I think this is definitely something that should stand. So, is it strange that he went uh, went for this via OSHA? Oh, not at all. I mean, this I think that's probably the perfect vehicle to be within presidential powers and to get to the most people. I would have assumed this would have been. I when you look at. I did a lot of research into smallpox when I was um, when I was trying to feel my way around the story and the vaccine mandate and whatnot. Um, and when you look at the the smallpox vaccination mandates, which is where that and polio is where most of the challenges came from, um, they they were almost always ordered by either a school board or a public health board. I I never saw any references to workplace safety or whatnot, which. Honestly, might be because that didn't exist in the early 1900s. You know, you had yeah. horror stories from back then, the Triangle Shirt House fire and all that. But uh, it's just something that I expected to come from the Public Health Authority or the CDC or something. OSHA it seemed a little out of left field to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this is really, I'm trying to think of another angle, at least for the president himself to be making these kind of mandates. I think it's probably the simplest way for him to reach people now 
I think the next the next step, which we'll probably see coming soon, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened already, is uh, something for as a travel requirement. It, it's some places you know, are actually the some places are uh, are getting around to that. I know I believe it was France banned non-vaccinated Americans uh, yep. just last week, and Canada's had that requirement now for a while. Um, yeah. That, that seems like it's being imposed regardless of what, you know, America says. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, well, the, the requirement I would expect would be a, an order to the FAA that before you can step on an airplane, you have to have a vaccination would be my expectation. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when last month when I went to Europe, I mean, I could not. In order to get into the Netherlands, we had to have proof of vaccination. But yeah, I would expect yeah, in order to you know the Federal Aviation Administration that you have to have a vaccination in order to get on an airplane. That would be, I think, the next step, and that would be huge, especially before say the holidays. This is um, a, a a little bit not related to the story but you said you needed one to get into the netherlands uh mm -hmm. since netherlands is in the shenzhen area doesn't does that mean you'd need a vaccine to get into any european country don't they all have the same rules of entry um i am not entirely sure on that um i think you know you know, and, and they might have required that specifically to get in there. You know, they there were actually a lot of different health requirements in different countries. Yeah. You know, when we were going throughout, like uh, when there were requirements, for instance, like in Germany, you might have had to present vaccination proof pretty much everywhere you needed to go. Whereas in France, it was a lot more lax. Uh, but do they have even, their internal borders like secured? I, I know they had done yeah. that for a little bit at the beginning of Corona. They had reimposed internal borders, but I wasn't sure if that was still going on. No, they're they don't have secured borders though. Okay, but, uh, yeah, that was one at of those things that of was entering. yeah, that was one of the things that was most shocking to me at the beginning of the pandemic was that yeah. the Shenzhen area had had redone internal borders again. Like they they had border checkpoints. That that shocked me when that happened. Yeah. But no, we I mean we were crossing freely between, you know, France, Germany, you know, North Netherlands, you know, pretty much without without notice. So okay. Alright. So uh I, I guess Dan, you might be prophetic. We'll keep an eye around uh holiday travel time to see if there's an FAA mandate. Mm -hmm. Uh the the next little bit that we have out of D.C., I guess, uh, the infrastructure bill is not going to accidentally pass while he was away, as Chris was worried about. But uh, it seems Manchin's getting cold feet about uh, the price tag on it. <coughs> oh, there you are. Excuse me. Yeah, it's muted again. <laughs> no worries. I was expecting yeah. you to take off there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been going around making another round of press interviews today. Uh, he was on, I believe, CNN. Uh, 
again, saying, yeah, the bill's too big, not giving any particular reason, saying how big it should be or what he has a problem with, just generally the bill's too big. And, yeah, just being his frustrating self, it's, I don't know, it's, it feels a little bit less like Mansion and a little bit more like cinema in that he's not really articulating any particular place he feels like he needs the bill to go mm-hmm. or you feel like there's any particular thing you can do to placate him and satisfy the politics of his state in order to keep him on board for this. This just seems like it's needlessly flailing for no particular audience. It, and it cuts off a lot of outs for him, too. It was really yeah. weird, especially as he talks about it. Uh, I mean, just to directly quote him, uh, he wouldn't say how much he, he was willing to go. He wouldn't, like, put any actual number on it. But he said, quote, it's not going to be a three and a half, I can assure you, end quote. All he's saying is it's too big. Uh, and, you know, you probably try to sweeten it with maybe a bunch of shit in there for West Virginia. Something he can sell to the people in the state. But when you make that much of a statement, that's not going to be the three and a half. Uh, there's nowhere really to go. We can't add a little bit to it to make him happy. Mm-hmm. We can't throw in a, a new freeway through the middle of West Virginia or something. You know, maybe relax some regulation on, on mountaintop removal mining or something for bauxite or whatever the hell that's not coal that you can dig out of West Virginia. Yeah. You know, it's so damn frustrating. You know, I wish instead of this this nonsense of just going on Sunday shows to complain about the bill or, you know, preen about it, about his independence, I wish he'd just write the bill or, you know, build the bill that he wants. And, and so he's that, done that before. Mansion yeah. Toomey, the gun control bill, was mm-hmm. precisely that. He he sat down with a moderate Republican and him as a moderate Democrat and wrote the bill that they would vote for. Yeah. He could be the architect of the legislation that he wants instead of just sniping at, you know, Bernie and Schumer and the rest that are actually building the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, is he just trying to make the bill less popular or, you know, I, I, it's just completely insane. I don't understand it. It, it. it boggles the mind. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I'm usually, I usually think Manchin's a pretty smart operator, but in this case, I really cannot see what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the method to the madness here. It's, it's, it's giving up his position. You know, like it or not, Manchin is currently the most powerful senator in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is his word, not Schumer's, not anybody else's. It is Manchin's word that decides whether or not a bill fucking passes. He is a super senator. He counts yeah. for like ten other senators. He has that power. He can put anything he wants through that chamber, basically. You know, it's it's up to him. He is not just not passing a bill. He's abrogating that power. He's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. You guys do whatever. I'm not voting for this. 
He could put anything he wants to that chamber. He just has to write a bill with his name at the top and say, this is what I'm voting. Exactly. Uh, on a related note, I was uh, seeing, I guess, a couple of stories related to this that uh, Biden is supposedly going to, uh, or is uh, told Schumer that he's going to start making calls to moderate senators and uh, you know do whatever it takes to you know help make uh, modifications to the filibuster to pass civil rights legislation and you know I guess Good. that's great I guess the one thing is that's exactly the one thing I don't want to see showing up in the press <laughs> that yeah. Biden's going to do that <laughs> yeah if <laughs> If your if your mansion, if your cinema, the one thing you don't want to see is that oh great, uh, Biden's talking to me and I'm going to do what Biden wants. So great, that's great that that's out there. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's the wrong voice to have uh, in the press. You're right. Uh, although speaking of that, and I, I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here and, and add something to the topic list in mid-show, but it was the um, 20th anniversary of 9-11. Oh, yesterday. yeah. There was a, a number of ceremonies, presidents, past, and, and current got involved in all of them, uh, including W, uh, who used it to argue that the terrorist threat to the United States is no longer coming from outside, but from within. Uh, and, and really spent a good part of his speech on domestic terrorism. And it, it was it was kind of good to see. I really appreciate it, at least. Um, I didn't expect it from him at all, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's... Wow. I mean, yeah, that's very self-aware of him i would say mm. or i got not self-aware isn't the term but uh i guess how would you describe that i mean i i got the reason i brought this up right now is because you got me thinking about good and bad people to bring that message and i actually mm. thought w was kind of a good person to bring that message to people who would otherwise dismiss it as you know democrat hysteria over the right wing or whatnot to have you know a a Died in the wall Republican president who was president at 9-11 and started the whole war on terror to, to get up there and deliver a speech where he basically says none of that matters anymore. And the biggest threat is coming from inside the house was sure was very good to, to hear. And hopefully the right people get the message on that. The, you know, MAGA curious right who's not completely into QAnon world yet. Right. I mean, really, it's, yeah, kind of your suburban Romney Republicans or maybe a little bit to the right of those, the ones that, you know, aren't, I guess, I guess the ones who aren't, you know, haven't completely abandoned the Republican Party yet, yeah. but probably should. The ones who, you know, dismiss all the, the things we see in the news and the Proud Boys, you know, beating up Antifa and the FBI taking people off the streets in, in unmarked vans and shit like yeah. that. And, 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 you know, can dismiss it as just Democrat hysteria. And then right. all this the stuff is folks, not really going on. 
the type of folks who would still vote for Susan Collins. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, mm. Yeah. Well, good. You should look good, it up for him. It, it's it's worth watching. It's yeah. not a bad speech. Um, All right. Doesn't necessarily make W a, a better president, but it does confirm what I've always thought, which is that he's he's basically an okay dude, just in way over his head. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. An awful president, but yeah, you might have wanted to have a beer with him. Yeah, yeah. The, the the beer test is not how I decide who I want to vote for, uh, and never should be, and I think the media's fascination with that was dumb as hell. Besides, who wouldn't want to hang out with Al Gore? That dude's cool as fuck. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it was true that you would have been, yeah, he seemed like a good guy, uh, basically. Okay. You know, he... Like I mentioned, probably the last time we talked about 9-11, the one thing I really appreciated was within a week, he was going into mosques, giving speeches, and telling the Muslim people of America, they were like, you know, we weren't against you. It, it didn't do much sure. good. Those currents were right. already yeah. in society. But he, he, he tried. And, you know, I, I do think Katrina, which mostly affected black people, I don't think it was done out of outright racism. I think it was done out of the fact that he's the dumbest man alive and should not have been put in the president's <laughs> office and just had no idea what he was yeah. doing trusted other people to know what they were doing except he forgot that the people he put in charge had no idea what they were doing either and also yeah, <laughs> yeah. stupid yeah uh, all very true all very true yeah so yeah that was nice to see uh the only president who i don't believe gave a public address of any kind was trump um he did release one of his, I swear it's not Twitter, statements. Uh, he was busy hosting a boxing match. Was he? Yes. Between, oh uh, I guess, Evander Holyfield was doing some kind of uh, exhibition match, who is nearly 60 years old. Um, but, yeah, that's what Trump was up to. Evander Holyfield. So I remember that name from, like, high school. Um, yeah, Mike Tyson bit his ear okay, off. Okay, that's the one Mike Tyson bit his ear off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And yeah, that was, you, you're not mistaken, that was way back in the 90s. So yeah, he's 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 a senior-ass citizen. <laughs> and he was boxing, and Trump was hosting the match. <laughs> oh, man. Who was the other announcer for that? Um, let's see here. Oh, let me see. Because yeah, I, I assume he couldn't do it alone. Yeah, there's uh, always two. I'm assuming it's like Joe Rogan or something. He, no he he's an announcer for UFC. That's that's like in the ballpark. Let's see here. Trump guest hosting a boxing match. Let's see here. Let's see here. I'm you know, looking at this story right now. Uh, let's see who it was. Hang uh, in here. Let me see. I might have to find another story here. Yeah. Shoot. Because, yeah, that is... 
I just kind of want to know who would like voluntarily associate their career with that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm seeing an ESPN story from five days ago that him and his son were supposed to do the commentary. Oh, his son was doing it too, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they actually did. This was from before the fight. But apparently it was Trump and Trump Jr. Oh, Jesus. Two for the price of one. Yeah. Yikes. He, he wants his father's approval so bad. <laughs> Uh, I guess he also said that boxing results could be rigged like elections during it. So, oh my god damn it. <laughs> thank oh. you for telling me about this story. I've learned so Is much. Is he saying that someone paid him to take a dive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, Trump? You're gonna drop those electoral votes in the fifth round, see? Mr. Trump's decision to spend the 20th anniversary of 9-11 commentating a boxing match had attracted criticism, the move contrasting with other former presidents' solemn attendance of memorial events. Okay. Well. Uh, well, um, yeah, I can't find the other host, but um, I'm going to assume it Rudy was Rudy got drunk off his ass and gave a speech at uh, some 9-11 dinner so oh yeah if you can look up the speech to that and you want to see Rudy at some actual formal function but yeah just completely blitzed you can see that I I have definitely found it I won't watch it now just because yeah, I don't want you the can check that audio. out audio yeah. yeah he is trashed fantastic yeah uh i guess on our our last little bit here we are in the the final couple days of the california recall uh the polling has kind of cemented uh i think newsom's a favorite to stay in um yeah he is he's kind of pulling away this this comes after well, the, the only Republican candidate with a real chance of getting elected has basically imploded because he's close to the most insane man on earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I think that's kind of what's probably helped Newsom a lot, too, is that, you know, really the only candidate who's got any kind of support on quest on the second half of the question is, like, who would... would who would be elected is Larry Elder, and yeah, he's he's nuts. Um, and so I think that's probably helped, you know, the nose, you know, pull away on the second, on the first question. Um, so yeah, that at least on the polling side of things, most people are saying now that it would be a massive polling miss if uh, Newsom is recalled. Yeah, the uh, the Survey USA San Diego Union Tribune poll had uh, Newsom winning the recall by 13%, 54% to vote no on question one, 41% to vote yes on question one. And then a second poll from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Su uh, Studies in the Los Angeles Times has Newsom with a 21% uh, lead in the polls, 60% plan to vote no on question one, 39% plan to vote yes. 
So yeah, that's that's huge. Um, and that the exact same poll, Berkeley Institute of Government Studies, Los Angeles Times, just a month ago, uh, had Newsom within three points of being recalled. Yeah, he was he was winning that fifty percent voting no on question one, forty seven percent voting yes uh, on question one. So that's a big turnaround from the same poll, uh, which makes me really think that those numbers were real and there has been a shift mm -hmm. yeah i and i really hope that uh that bears out because if this has been such a total waste you know the 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 regular election is in a year and why are they recalling him over absolute nonsense they've really got to make a statement here and beat this by a lot to just rub republicans face in it that they fucked this up so hopefully they do yeah i uh i'm gonna get this episode turned around probably tonight after i get home from work so we will know the results of this by the time we talk next week and hopefully you guys will too Newsom, uh Newsom was a pretty good mayor when i lived in san francisco i i think he's been a good governor i haven't lived in the state more so i don't really follow it as much as I should, but he's, he seems like he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the only local story I had really is across the Columbia in uh, Vancouver, Joey Gibson and the Proud Boys, who are under a court order to stay away from Vancouver schools because of, uh, you know, they stormed them a couple weeks ago. Jesus. Uh, has apparently decided that court rules don't apply to him. Um, he was back at the school on Friday, the high school in Vancouver. Um, we're we're going to see where that goes. Uh, he is absolutely thumbing his nose at the court who issued an injunction prohibiting these sorts of events at the school. Uh you know, I I do probably have a problem with a decision like that. Not necessarily, you know, defending Joey Gibson, but I don't think First Amendment rights to protest and whatnot are, are subject to court injunctions for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's got a legitimate beef there, but you challenge that in court. You don't just go do the same thing again. Uh, he did not storm the school this time, so at least there's a, there's a, a little bit of improvement in his behavior. Sure, sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything going on in Washington at all? Uh, we're keeping on, keeping on. Yep. Yeah. I think you probably nailed the one story I could think of around here, so... Otherwise, we're keeping it together. <laughs> All right. Um, I am noting a, a article in the Seattle Times that is jumping out to me that is not really from Washington, but since I saw it in the Washington paper, we have some cubes of uranium that we're unsure if Nazis made or not. Oh. Uh, well, hey. Researchers in Washington State are looking at it at the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. Uh, yeah. They've had them, and they're trying to figure out if they're uh, from Germany's nuclear program during World War II. Interesting. Not really politics-related, but you don't see a headline like, Did Nazis make these uranium cubes? And not look deeper into the story. Yeah. 
Well, hey. All right. Well, have a good week, Dan. I'll, I'll talk to you next week, and we'll have Chris back. Absolutely. All right. Talk mm-hmm. to you later.